size. That's about six That's inches weird. longer than I than I have. Welcome to the Commander Smiths. Oh, you're sticking with that one, huh? Uh, we are the Commander Smiths. <laughs> I'm Adam Smith. And I'm Lowry Smith. Don't worry. We're cousins. <laughs> you're sticking with that one. What else am I supposed to stick with? I don't know. I kind of prefer our original one. What was it? Welcome to Commander Smiths. That one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can barely understand what I'm saying. It's like super fast, like Micro Machine Guy. Welcome to Commander Smiths. <laughs> yes. I can mix I that I want you to there. be the Micro Machine Guy. Or an auctioneer. Uh, so this is episode 121. Yeah, um, we're already there. Huh? After our... I'm getting old. Our pretty deep episode last week, we're going to jump into actually kind of like a listener uh podcast this week we're gonna have uh cards to cut makes its return with uh what justin justin meyer yep justin he's he's bringing us uh azuri claw of progress deck that uh he really didn't need any help on yeah so we're gonna we're gonna fuck it up yeah <laughs> uh i text lowry i was like gosh there's there isn't a lot to cut here there's a lot there's one card in particular, we both were like, "Oh, that one goes." But then, other than that, I was like, "All right, what what are we messing around with here?" So, it was, yeah. But I think we both have some good suggestions here. So, uh, and then we are going with uh, one of our Twitter followers that we also follow is Kiwi Doc. Uh, asked us what are our favorite two to three spells that we like to resolve, and we changed that so into have- five each. We have five. <laughs> So we upped up the amount and we're just going to kind of go through. It's kind of a fave five, I guess. Fave five spells that resolve, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think like I think two or three of these are in other fave fives, but others aren't. Well, let me see. One, two, three. Three out of my five are from other stuff, I think. One, two, I'm guessing three. Uh, yeah at least two for me so cool story but uh <laughs> hold on let's guess longer let's let's just waste time guess longer what at seven inches probably not oh yeah right <laughs> in my dreams <laughs> you dream about your penis size <laughs> that's about six that's inches weird. longer than i than i have <laughs> Uh, dick jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two minutes in, we didn't even hit the three minute mark, and we had the dick jokes going. Yeah, yeah. we're here for all. We are the Commander Smiths. <laughs> we are the Commander Smiths. <laughs> this is kind of a behind the scenes thing, but that was uh, Jawbreaker's freaking <laughs> dick sleeve drawing that he oh, threw yeah. on discord was pretty crazy i was like holy shit that is, he's a he's a good artist he and that was a veiny penis <laughs> that was uh i suggested that he made it uncircumcised yeah because that's that's how we are so <laughs> not tmi here but yeah because then you can uh you know you can at least transform the art into like an elephant or an anteater later if you want to hide it <laughs> yeah I don't know. just uh, a wizard sleeve yeah <laughs> you're a wizard ari all right so 
we move on to the episode instead of our penises? <laughs> no. Uh, we need to do our tags. Oh, that's right. Um, so we actually had three new patrons this week. Uh, Larry just cracked a beer. What are you drinking there, Larry, before we get to our patrons? I'm, br- I'm drinking a Surly Brewing. It's called Stunner Tropical Ale. Uh, it's nice and sweet, but not too sweet. Good balance. Uh, really enjoyable. Actually, this is probably the first Surly that I've enjoyed in a long time. I haven't so. had Surly in a long time. Um, yeah, they're, they're a good company, but they're like, they're the biggest yeah. craft beer in Minnesota. So you're like, I'm going to try these other guys. Right. You go to the little so. stuff. Uh, I'm doing not a craft beer just because it was warm out and whatever. But I always like Lining Kugel's summer shandy during the summer it's just a tasty beer just supporting miller coors <laughs> that's all Big i have business. larry i'm sorry you're I'm just sorry. giving giving them more of your money support you know small. the thing is is we need to see each other in person so that you can give me sweet cool <laughs> so beers. i can just buy more beer for you exactly because right. you know what ends up happening is i go and i'm now what i'm doing is i'm going into the liquor store and i am always buying like you know a four pack or a six pack of a craft beer and I'm like, okay, I'm going to drink this on the cast. But the cast is later in the freaking weekend, and I end up drinking it on Friday or Saturday. Well, it's Saturday now. but <laughs> So I end up drinking it before I even get to the cast. So then I have to go to these guys. Sorry. <laughs> uh, this deserves a... Good story, bro. Yeah, that was a really bad story. So uh, we had three new patrons this week. Two brand sure. new ones. Do you have them on your list, or you want me to read them off? No, you got them. Okay. Uh, so the two new patrons are Noah Conklin and Ryan Weber. And then we also have a returning patron, uh, Eric Lammers. Welcome yeah. back, Eric. And thank you guys, uh, Noah and Ryan, to uh, for donating or being becoming a patron of the show. Yeah. Thank you so much. So it was and, uh, awesome. I think, I think the now we have set the precedent so that – People can leave for a month and then come back. And then you want get your name again. Hear their name. <laughs> yeah. On. That's just if you want to, um, we will do that. Right. <laughs> I should make mention, uh, and I kind of actually didn't talk to you about this yet, but uh, pick your proxy month is going to be next month. Not this month. So this month, again, um, we aren't. it's not pick your proxy month. Unless you're already a patron, we kind of do a little bonus with people that are already patrons. Ooh. That's a little hint to people that if you aren't a patron. But anyways, next month is pick your proxy month so that you can pick a proxy from any of the proxies of the week. Uh, So you want to get on that. Um, What else? Oh, if you become a patron, you can get on the Discord. And that is for a dollar or more. You jump on there. You can chat with us. You can play some games. We've been playing Cockatrice. I haven't been on there uh, this week has been busy. I'm going to be actually gone all this next week, Monday morning. Actually, by the time you're hearing this, I'll be flying to Florida, and then we have to empty out one of our rental properties and then driving back from Florida, which is going to suck balls. But honestly, Discord's a really good spot to be able to hear Adam talk more about him building his house. So <laughs> if you don't get enough of it here on the podcast. I didn't you know, say so. anything about building my house. I just said I was really busy. I, I tried to stay away from building the house. <laughs> Fucking douche. Have I told you I'm building a house? It's almost done, Larry. It's, I'm, I'm very impressed with you and happy <laughs> and... 
Um, I'm glad. Yeah, so glad here's done. the sad part. Last year was mine and my wife's 10 year anniversary, Cindy. Uh, and oh. we had talked. Oh, that, that gal. Yeah. <laughs> Who? Who? Well, I should be saying like happy anniversary to your 11th yeah. year. Cause that's today. Right. Right. So 10 years, we were going to go back to Hawaii, which is where we went for our honeymoon. Well, mm-hmm. we had just sold our house and we're in the process of building. We were just like, let's skip it and we'll do it next year. You know, then the house mm. will be all built and all ready to go. Fast forward a year, we're still building the fucking house. <laughs> so we didn't do any. We luckily my parents, my dad and uh, stepmom took the boys and we kind of had our own night last night where we did a fire and all that. But for our anniversary today, we were just staying indoors. So. I mean, that's a cute couple activity. You're probably high right now, so that's okay. (laughs) I'm so high right now. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, Okay, so free way to support the show, go to YouTube, subscribe there. Uh, You can also check out Twitter where you'll see Lowry sharing with himself and others sharing with himself, hashtag sharing with myself, Uh, and then also Proxy of the Week there, and then other cool stuff that we decide to sometimes tweet about. That sentence Thanks. just, <laughs> uh, and then the last place go to Gmail, and that's where you guys can send us messages, uh, cards to cut, uh, segment ideas, anything, or just want to chat. You can do that there. Uh, now, should we get into the episode? Maybe, yes. All right, cards to cut, Azuri, claw of progress. Uh, <laughs> perfect. We we almost sound like we know what we're doing that way. <laughs> um, so like when when I sat down and I'm looking at this deck that uh, Justin here built, um, I think we're on the same page on what we were seeing. We were seeing like an elf sub theme, mm-hmm. uh, plus one plus one counters, like benefits when some cards have them on them, creatures and stuff. Well, first let's read off what Azuri does. <sighs> I guess. Uh, you keep going with your thought. I'll read Azuri and then you keep going. So Azuri is two colorless, uh, green, blue, a 3-3 three, three elf warrior. When a creature with power two or less enters the battlefield under your control, you get an experience counter. At the beginning of your combat on your turn, put X-1-1 one, one counters on another target creature you control where X is the number of experience counters you have. Hmm. I don't so, think I ever realized you can't pump up Azuri that way because counters on another target. Another target. Okay. So you're that's just kind basically of a bummer if that's yeah. <laughs> all Azuri's doing is just sitting there looking yeah. pretty. So when you first look at this Gorgeous. deck, when you see this card, I would you you think one one counters and just try to get as many one one counters. Uh, Justin, what he went with what you were saying right was elves. Um, yeah, there's some going tall aspects yeah. that Azuri plays into. Um, he has an infinite mana generator in here, and I, I'm pretty sure he was going for it. Um, yeah, because there's there's a couple things I noted that I really like about this. He has quite a few win cons, and that has to deal with yeah. that. Uh, you know, you can get infinite mana, and then you have nothing to dump it into. Well, there's quite a few cards in here that win you the game outright. Uh, like it if you still work. Yeah. Well, like if you had Simic Ascendancy, which he has in here, and uh, you can just dump that mana into that, you know, and get that to win the game. Cause that one, it says at the beginning, but you have to hit your upkeep for that one. Uh, but same thing with Helix Pinnacle. Uh, 
you can put counter, you know, that mm-hmm. you can use that mana, dump it into there. If you have a hundred or more counters on it, beginning your upkeep, you win the game. So there's, I liked how there was quite a few different win the game aspects. Um, and I think one thing that you probably don't like in here, is there's quite a few infect that I kind of, I dig with this. I mean, I left most of them alone. I was surprised. And I added one. I added one. What? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Cause I want to feel bad. <laughs> so yeah, this one was, uh, it was, it was kind of tough. I was texting Larry. I was like, man, I don't know really what to cut here. Cause it looks like we have an elf theme, have an infect theme, have the one, one counters. Uh, and then you pointed out the infinite mono, which is because the funny thing is until you pointed that out, I had cards where I was like, well, why does he have that on there? Who cares about untapping? And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. there's your infinite mana stuff. So how did you attack this deck? What kind of things did you go after with this? In fact, <laughs> get rid of it. Cut it. Nobody wants to play with it. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So you have 36 land in here. <laughs> Let's up that. <laughs> That is uh Larry's going to attack your land. If you guys uh, ever sent uh, submit anything less than 37, typically if it's even 38, he'll try to pop it up. But you only popped it up one here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the big thing that I was kind of seeing is uh and you're probably going to disagree with me, so there's a labyrinth of skiffos and uh mystifying maze which are um you know, they're Maze Vith style cards. Mm-hmm. So he probably has some some reason that it's in there. And I I'm think, just gonna say don't take it out. I think part of the reason is probably uh you put Maze of Ith, you don't use that as a land, you just use that as a sure. but it's just know, not in here in these, anyway. Well, but these have the tap ability. And maybe what he was thinking yep. is because of how much, you know, possibly having infinite mana. That it doesn't matter. It won't be a problem because that is a hefty. Both of those are tap four, and you're basically taking a creature out of uh, attacking. Yeah. So that that's pretty steep, unless you have the mana easily. So, but I in, get what in, you're saying. In my mind, this this deck you're making, you know, smaller creatures that you can kind of chump block with anyway. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't totally worried about it. And 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 so what I did was I took those out and I was putting in. Alchemist Refuge, uh, which gives all of your spells instant for green blue, tap it. Like that wasn't in there. I think you should put it in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other one would be Scavenging Grounds or Scavenger Grounds. Let me see. Yeah, Scavenger Grounds. And that just exiles all libraries. And just having a little bit of free graveyard hate in your deck is always nice. Mean, Still taps for mean one. Exiles all graveyards? Yeah, what I say. Libraries? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? Real good. <laughs> <laughs> all graveyards <laughs> exile all libraries and all. then play your laboratory maniac i win <laughs> <laughs> we you could do that in here uh but uh so but the other thing where i'm adding one and taking one off so there's spine biter which is an infect card that kind of uh if it's blocked you can have it deal its mm. infect damage through that and that makes sense uh but i would suggest cutting that for ink moth nexus which is a land that you can turn it into a one one flyer infect and those plus one plus one counters that you could put on it from missouri stay on it when it's not a land mm. so you, you can every turn as long as somebody doesn't spot removal it if they're going to they're going to be able to do it to spine biter 
Um, you're upping your land count. You're lowering your converted well, mana yeah. cost of the deck. And you're also being able to avoid sorcery style wraths, mm -hmm. right? Because it's keeping your creature around. And then you'll be able to kind of go with your infect that has the evasion. So I, I think it's. I really like that um, ad. That's a good one. That's a very good ad. Good job. So now I feel awful for adding poison into a deck. <laughs> hey, and if you don't have Ink Moth Nexus, why don't you go check out that secret layer and uh, pick that up? <laughs> hint, hint, wink, wink. So what'd you do? Well, you you want me to go through my? You want to go through your list, your whole Are list? Are we going or? back and forth? I don't remember how we do this. Well, no, we can go back and forth because then um, why why don't I hit up one that we both had, and you can talk about what you're replacing with it. But yeah, um, I kind of went with. I noticed he had 15 elves in here. At first, I started cutting elves until I realized it was an elf kind of theme. Um, so Something, then instead yeah. of cutting them. I started adding them. <laughs> so uh, I did uh, some things that replace cards that do similar things. Uh, but the card that I was talking about, both Lowry and I immediately were like, wait, this card should be cut, is the new uh, Crystalline Giant. It's a good card. It just doesn't fit in here because you only get the 1-1 one, one counter once. And it's a random. So you, you could potentially yep. get first strike, flying, death touch, hexproof, lifelink, menace, reach, trample, vigil vigilance. There's so many other things that you could hit, and this really doesn't really fit with what you're doing. The one it only can get the one one counter on it once, unless you do it with the uh, your commander. So cut that, and instead I put in um, Rishkar Pima Renegade, which he does when he enters the battlefield. Put a one one counter, and the same mana cost too. So this is for three. Uh, it's a green mm -hmm. and two colors. But when he enters the battlefield, put a one one counter on. Uh, up to two creatures and then it says each creature you control with a, a counter on it has tap add one green to your mana pool so not only is it uh you're working with the one one counters you're being able to put one one counters on other things but then you're also being able to use all your stuff because this is a one one counter type deck especially with your commander now mm -hmm. they're all um it's like a cryptolith right you know you're able to tap your guys for one green mana uh, and he does have quite like a few. The, I like that comparison. Quite a few things in here that do that already. Like he uses uh, elves that give you mana. You know, like uh, Marwyn and Priest of Titania. Um, but those give you more for how big they are. So it's a little different. But being able to have it on all your creatures, and it's not just elves. That's kind of the nice thing. It's just everything has a counter on it. You can tap mm -hmm. for mana. So, mm -hmm. and it, it also says. Any creature that has a counter it doesn't say has a one-one counter in it. So, like he has, uh, what is it, the gr grafting or whatever. There's other things. Um, it says whenever any any creature that has a counter on it, yeah, plus one, plus one. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't say plus one. It says each creature you control with a counter on it has tap to add one green mana to your mana pool. So that oh. means you could have, you know, with this new stuff. I mean, he doesn't have that in here, but if it had a vigilance counter on it or a flying counter on it it now can tap for a mana interesting so uh what was your next card Larry? so I'll, I'll also say like crystal oh, yeah. giant yeah sorry and then so i kind of looked at it and i'm like maybe he's going for the random like um evasion creature that he wants to throw it on that that can get better every turn and that that makes sense there um, but I was thinking what I would like to put in its place would either be 
cold-eyed silky or cephalid constable. So cold-eyed silky is one-one island walk for three, and whenever it deals damage to a, an opponent, you get to draw as many cards as it dealt damage. So if you throw six one-one counters on it and it's a seven-seven, you get to draw seven cards, which is a big boom in my eye mm-hmm. there. Um, and then, so I'd probably lean towards cold eyes silky because it has that straight up evasion somebody's playing blue you get you're going to be able to get in right um the one where you don't have evasion is cephalid constable and that is uh for each point of damage that that creature does you get to bounce that many permanents back to that player's hand so again if you put six one one counters on it from missouri and it deals damage you're you're bouncing seven creatures because it or seven permanents because one one plus six so it's seven seven and that that's just going to be backbreaking because you can choose land. I'm pretty sure I, I haven't double checked on that, but um, you're you're going to end that game for whoever you get into. Problem is, is it doesn't have evasion yeah. naturally on it, so like it probably only works with uh, somebody's going to they're going to chump block you all day if you're coming at them with cephalid constable. But yeah. you have the uh, rogue's passage. Yeah, that's that about is the in only here. way. To or get it he does have uh, quite a few things that give you know X plus X. And the trample stuff. So if the trample gets through, then you can get that. Which which is a little bit different philosophy at that point. Because it does seem like the deck can go tall or wide. Mm -hmm. It just kind of depends on what he's drawing and what he's going for. I think I like the the silky thing. I I like that angle. Just drawing cards. Because, yeah, the drawing, but then also, like you said, it has the evasion. You just find that one player. Oh, okay. Now I'm drawing cards. Instead of the other one is... If you're hitting somebody that already doesn't have a board presence, well, you just basically ended their game, or they bounce. You know, what is that one called again? You don't. You're not sure if it's land though, right? Cephalid Constable. Okay, and that one is damage to a player return up to X target permanence that player controls to their hand, where X is the damage that was dealt to that player. So that does include lands. So you can basically neuter a player if uh, this gets through. So. Um, it just kind of is like uh, I think Selkie is just gonna get you at a better place. Yeah, and it has built-in evasion with it. Yeah, no, I like it. Uh, okay, so then my next, or do you want to do a double since you have a little bit more? Because now, okay, no, you got it. Behind the scenes, Lowry last time did five cards in exchange for five cards, and I went just all over the place. And this time I did five cards for five cards and Lowry went all over the place. We're just alternating. Um, that's all right. <laughs> just trying to give options. Yeah. Trying to do the best I can. What was your excuse when you did five before? That was the best I could do. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, okay. So <clears throat> the next one I got, I exchanged an elf for an elf. So I got rid of uh, lies, Alana Huntmaster which that one is whenever you cast an elf spell, you may put a 1-1 green elf warrior creature token into play. Um, it just seems, meh, you know, that it doesn't, it isn't really doing a lot. You have quite a few elf spells. It's not a, a complete elf tribal deck because you have 15 elves at this moment and there's 35 creatures, so not even half of your creatures are elves. So it's just, and it's a cast. It isn't, you can't, get that trigger from yeah so i switched out for another elf that should totally be in this deck but oracle of moldiah um that one we all know what that is but i'll read it it's you may play an additional land on each of your turns 
play with the top card of your library revealed and you may play the top card of your library if it's a land this is just going to help you all over the place and i think it's a much better elf because <laughs> it doesn't even need to be elf this is just a good green if you have a green deck you almost have this in there 99 percent of the time because this is just an amazing card yeah i do like that i you know oracle is just a great staple the, um, the problem might be is uh Justin might not have Oracle Moldiah and she's sitting at 45 bucks right now. So it could be a little steep on the price, but yeah, if you don't just, have Oracle, it's hard for me to say, go out and buy it. When we have commander legends, they're focusing on green legends this year and next year's going to yeah. be blue and all that stuff. I could see this making its appearance in there. I don't know if it will, but this has to I be in it. your, in your, in your uh what do i like to say your um core toolbox. Cards for commander yeah, yeah. your toolbox or your core cards for command do i even have that sound bit <laughs> we haven't done that in like a year i know but i have some of those in Maybe there over um okay so you just cut what did you just cut oh uh, the i got the rid of lies oh yeah hunts master so I'm going to go with Loyal Guardian to cut, and that's just a big old rhino that's like a 4-4. Four, four. And then before your attack step, it puts a 1-1 one, one counter on everything. Um, I'm going to lower your CMC here with Nissa Voice of Zendikar. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, I did like and that And so one. what that does is you can uh, you can plus it to put an 0-1 plant into play, which would pump Azuri, or you can minus it to put plus 1, plus 1 counters on everything. So it's doing a similar thing to Loyal Guardian, but it's cheaper it also interacts with azuri a little bit better uh and if you want to go a little bit bigger you can also go with like avenger of zendikar because that also just puts plus one plus one counters on a ton of cards whenever you put a land into play Mm -hmm. along with uh triggering azuri a ton if it's in play so uh, i would probably go with nissa on this one just to lower that curve even though you have a ton of land and mana and all that stuff um I play around with it, I would say. And no planeswalkers, so why not throw her in there? Try it out. <laughs> I like that one. That's a good play. I do like that Avenger of Zendikar take on that too, because the cool thing about uh Azuri is it's not a cast trigger. It's whenever a creature with power yeah. two or less enters. Yeah. So all those plants that come into play, trigger, 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 trigger. Trigger. It's a it's a lot of triggers. Mm-hmm. Especially that last one. Uh, okay, uh, my next one. Uh, I'm just exchanging a card that you have as an artifact and using a card that does a very similar thing. But Birthing Pod, uh, I was taking that out and replacing that with Prime Speaker Vanifar. They pretty much do the same thing. Is it the exact same wording sure. of it? Uh, uh, I believe so without looking at it. Birthing Pod, yeah, is... Uh, Phyraxian but, green mana uh, and three, and then you can tap one and Phyraxian tap it. Sacrifice a creature, search your library for a creature card with convert a mana cost uh, equal to plus one. The sacrifice creature creatures convert a mana cost, and then Prime Speaker. So the same casting cost. So two, a green and a blue. So total CMC for a two four elf. So you get that elf uh, tribal in there. Uh, so now we bumped yep. our elf ticker up to 17 elves. 
And then it says sacrifice another creature, search your library for a creature card. And this is just a tap ability. You don't have to tap mana to do that. Uh, the difference yeah, is I, birthing pod, you can do the turn one where uh, prime speaker, Vanifar, you have to wait a turn to do that. Yeah, but, I think that's the biggest thing, but having an elf in there um, can work out there as well. So, so, but did you, did you also get rid of birthing pot or did you keep that in? I, I did, uh, end up cutting birthing pod and, uh, cause I didn't notice a chain in there. Cause mm. oftentimes you want to go like, I want this into this, into this, into this. And I didn't see anything where I was like, ah, oh, that seems great. Uh, because the bigger you get on that chain, the less likely it's going to interact with Azuri. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, why are you, why are you doing that chain? Um, so I was ended up thinking that instead of uh, birthing pod, you have finale of devastation, Ooh. which is an X spell. We we know that one from War of the Spark. Yeah, and it get you know you get to go and search for a creature in your library or graveyard, put into play, which is Crater Hoof Behemoth, which you have in this deck. Or and with infinite mana, it makes your guys huge and gives them trample as well. So that's just like another win con instead of with a similar effect of birthing pod. I like that. Um, and so I, I felt like this was adding a win con <clears throat> into into the deck. I for sure think that that should be added in. Um, so and, and Green Sun Zenith also just kind of goes and gets you Crater Hope Behemoth to kind of end the game as well if you need to. So I dig that one. I still like my Prime Speaker Vanifar. So just, just move that to something else. <laughs> you whatever you want. <laughs> Uh, okay. My next one is not actually, I'm not replacing with an elf, but I'm getting rid of a counter spell. Uh, there is oh, weird. <laughs> uh, Justin has three counter spells and three removal, uh, spells. So he has like beast within pongify, uh, rapid hyper hybrid hybridization. And then you have three counter spells. I thought getting rid of void slime, which is uh, it can counter target spell activated ability or triggered ability and replace it with something that's more mass removal. Uh, but curse of the swine. I love playing that card. It's a really good remove because it's an exile effect. So you can get rid of anything that has indestructible and all mm -hmm. that. And it's just for how much mana you tap. So you're just picking and choosing. Well, if you have infinite, you just turn everybody's creatures into two, two pigs and game over. Kind of, maybe. But I think it's a good board wipe in a way. I mean you're you're yeah, you're making a big difference. You can you can technically also target your own creatures with that, which would also trigger Azuri multiple times for as many swine as you create if you're in a pinch there. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh one thing I did have in there uh that I switched out after talking with Lara a little bit, but Eldamri Lord of Leaves is what I originally had in this spot, so it was another elf. Problem is, uh, elves can't be a target of spells or abilities, so you kind of shut down being able to put counters on your stuff. If it had gave all your elves yeah. hexproof, it'd be a different deal. Because then it also gives elves evasion, because it would give them forest walk. So I was like, this is a, mm. a sweet ad. But then I thought about it, and I was like, oh, man, but you can't target it. So that kind of sucks. <laughs> that makes it tough. Yeah, that yeah. definitely makes it, tough. but it is also a reserve list card. It's a pretty sweet card to have in your toolbox, but I just don't think it would fit in this for what your commander's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my next one is going to be, it, it felt bad doing this, but I feel like the other, 
what I'm going to add in is going to do a lot more. But uh, cutting Life Crafters bestiary. What? Which you yeah. got rid of bestiality? Okay, it's illegal. And uh, <laughs> what I would add in How is benthic biomancer, which is whenever a plus one plus one counter is added onto it, or no, fathom mage, fathom mage. That's what I wanted on there. Oh. Benthic Biomancer is also there. But Fathom Mage, I think, is the better one. Uh, and that's a 1-1. One, one. And then whenever a creature with greater power comes into play, you get to put a 1-1 one, one counter on it. And whenever a 1-1 one, one counter on it is placed, you get to draw a card. Mm. And if you want to target with Azuri with 6, you're drawing 6 cards off of that. Mm-hmm. And that feels like a pretty big move along, you know. It just feels like a bigger play than Life Crafters. Uh, and Benthic Biomancer is a similar card, but for a lot cheaper. It's a one or two mana. But then whenever a, a counter is placed on it, you get to draw a card and discard a card. So, and they both trigger the Azuri um, emblem there. Uh, and then the other thing that I did notice is you don't have a lot of protection. So something that you might want to consider as well is Inspiring Call, which is green, two colorless, instant, all creatures you control with a 1-1 one, one counter on it gain indestructible, and you draw a card for each card creature you have with a 1-1 one, one counter on it. Yeah, that could help a lot. That could so help. if you're going wide, it's it's protecting you from Wrath along with drawing you a ton of cards if you're putting those 1-1 one, one counters on there. That's a good idea. All three of those replacing one card. Yes. So actually thinking about it, probably inspiring call just to have a little bit yeah. more protection. I, I see your, you know, your, your counter spells, the, the two, three of them, three of them. Three. Um, it's not bad to have a little bit more. In what? IMO. A little bit more counter spells. A little bit more protection. Oh, protection. I was like, what are you talking about? Larry? What, what happened to you? No, I agree. That's kind of actually why I was trying to get, uh, Eldamari in there. Cause I was like that adds protection but it protects them from yourself so yeah yeah. that doesn't help uh okay uh my last one is again a card that worldly tutor great card go search for a creature card put it on top of your library um and it's an instant so you do it right before your turn uh instead i switch that out for a card that's an elf that does a pretty similar thing because if you're kind of more elf tribalish but elvish harbinger uh, so that one is go search for an elf card, reveal it, put it on top of your library. Also, Elvish Harbinger taps for any color mana, so helps you with mana fixing there. So I was, I thought that would be a perfect add to go get <clears throat> most of your elf tribal stuff. You you can't go get the game winner with your, you know, Blight Steel Colossus or your Crater Hoof Behemoth, um, but you can set up to have, you know a good yeah presence, i mean one one thing know. that i really like with elvish harbinger is when you set it up like if you're early game like turn three two you play that and then you go and find your oracle of moldiah put that on top and you guaranteed to cast oracle next turn yeah if you don't have that next land or you can go get one of your other four to five mana elves like cultivator blades um you know fauna shaman there, there's just some things that are really um, you can go and just get far ahead with that. Yeah. Uh, but again, worldly tutor is a solid it's a card. Good card for sure. <clears throat> I was trying to add. So by doing that would 
change it from 15 elves to 16, 17, 18, 18 elves out of your 35 creatures. So then you become more heavy. I mean, it's still 15 is good, but some of these depend on a lot of elves for them to really do good. You know, well wisher, you're not going to gain a ton of life necessarily if you don't have a really heavy presence with elf. Um, same with the ones that tap for mana and stuff like that. Like, I just felt like you needed well, a the little ones, bit. The ones that tap for mana, like if they get the counters put on them, go bonkers. Yeah. Right? So you don't necessarily need the elves for that specifically, but yeah, I mean, with the renegade leader, you kind of want more elves to be able to, to kind of trample over with that, uh, with the overrun effect. Like there, there's enough elves in here to make it, make it worth it to kind of go a little bit further in. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I do want to note that I did, I put that I really liked in here. Well, one. Really like that I see Mirage Mirror in this deck. <laughs> I I was gonna cut it, and I was like, Adam's just gonna shake his head at me. <laughs> I do like sure that Toothy it. and Pierre are in here as well. Um, Sage of Hours. At first, I was like, Why is that in here? And then I was like, Oh yeah, you just because I was like, You're not gonna target it very often with a, a casting a spell. And I was like, Oh yeah, you're just putting all those freaking counters on it. And then you take an extra turn. It's just infinite turns at that point. Yep. Uh, but that's the part that I really like about this deck is there's that, what I said in the beginning, utilizing the infinite mana. There's multiple cards in here uh, that you can, like even the new, what's his name? Uh, Kinnon Bonder Prodigy. If you yep. have infinite mana, you can go through your deck and play every non-human creature in that deck and basically win the game right there. Because it's tap ability five and yeah. green and a blue you're just like all right uh i'll go until i find crater of behemoth and then kill everybody um so i'm gonna do the other th- three but i'll try and be quick that's fine go for that it okay um okay so uh, this is this is taking out a win con of helix pinnacle but trying to make the uh infinite mana a little bit more consistent and adding in Pemmin's aura which is the same thing. It's just a, it's an aura and you can pay a blue to untap it. it does some other things as well, but that's what you're playing. Um, you're freed from the real for, right? You want to untap your creatures that give you mana and just make a ton. And so, you know, it, it, it can feed into, like we said, Azuri, your walking ballista um, and taking out Helix Pentacle doesn't really work with the rest of the deck other than if you're going infinite mana. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to consistent, like more consistently get infinite mana with two enablers, that's a little bit better. And then Intruder Alarm, that's a little bit more of a stretch. But what you can do is like tap a big mana guy and tap your Immaculate, no, Imperious Perfect, which puts a creature into play, which untaps everything. Then you can re- rinse and repeat with intruder alarm and in play. Um, that's another way to go infinite mana. And then on to the next one. Um, for this one, cultivate and Kodama's Reach. They're at three mana. But my thing is, as Azuri, your your commander's at four mana, right? So generally, I want my ramp to be at two instead of three, so that I can hit Azuri on turn three more consistently. So I would consider Farseek, Rampant Growth, or Nature's Lore more than 
could almost reach or cultivate because you're not really trying to go big. You have a bunch of little guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one, probably not the right thing, Viral Drake, which is one for flying infect. And then you can pay for to proliferate. Um, there is a Merfolk Skydiver from War of the Spark, super cheap, but it's blue, green, three colorless proliferate, not infect. But the thing is, if, if you have infinite mana with your proliferates, so probably those two are in cut evolution sage, uh, which is landfall proliferate. So if you go infinite mana with these, you can make your experience counters a thousand and then just start dropping that on your creatures. Yeah. Uh, so you wanted to get rid of viral Drake, you're saying? Eh, it's probably keep it in so you have that consistency yeah. of being able to proliferate like crazy and right. make your... And that's the other thing I was going to say. You get one infect counter on somebody and you have infinite mana. Exactly. Dead, yeah. You know? Yep. That's, that's another really good point too. So those were just thoughts. <laughs> thoughts. Thoughts. By Lowry Smith. <laughs> I think it's a really solid deck. Yeah, um, I, definitely I can tell too. that you're going against Karlov and I think that's what's going on with the, uh, um, the mystifying maze and the spot removal and the the void slime. I think that's there to counter, like the removal aspect of Karlov. Mm. So they're they're brother brother in law. The two uh, that we did Karlov in this deck. So I think it's uh, it's an interesting thing. Whenever there's you're looking at a deck that is kind of meted towards yeah, something that you know, them, but yeah. you don't you don't have that like experience either with what's going on. Yeah. Sweet. Well, thank you, Justin, for sending that deck in. Uh, like I said before, you guys, if you have decks that you want us to do cards to cut, you can send it to our Gmail, uh, and then we'll take a look at the deck and eventually get to it. <laughs> uh, okay, so now... This has been some months. Yeah. He, sent, he sent it like three, four months ago. Yeah. <laughs> before, I, before, it was in March sometime. And I was like, well, we'll get to it. At some point, (laughs) it's only been three months. It's fine. All right. So now we move on to another listener. (laughs) I dig this song. I know. I like when you're headbanging. It looks pretty sweet. Um, So another listener suggested thing. It was uh, Kiwi Doc at Kiwi Doc on Twitter uh, asked us what our favorite two to three spells to resolve. Uh, so I guess we both took that and made five <laughs> and none of them are the same, right? We are different with all of ours. Correct. Like we talked about beforehand. So, uh, I think you started in the last one. So I'll start with this one. Um, one of my favorites to resolve is torment of Hailfire. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just fun because you cast it and sometimes it's game winner, but a lot of times it's you're just getting so many people so far behind and just watching everybody go through the decisions and being in the position being like, I'm so happy I don't have to decide if I'm going to take three damage, <laughs> discard a card, or sacrifice permanence. Like it's just if you hit enough of it where you're like seven, eight, nine, it's just fun to kind of watch how everybody does it and then the, I, I agree the the board presence afterwards is generally in your favor it should be at that point but um 
it, it's just a fun card to cast and it is one of my favorite cards over the last couple of well, years. Yeah, it's it's definitely the one when you cast it, everybody goes, ah, oh, fuck. fuck. Okay. <laughs> All um, right, start sorting stuff. What I don't am I need? <laughs> I don't need these cards, and I can definitely sacrifice this stuff. Mm. Okay, now do I want to take the life, or do I want to? What's my life give up at? Something oh, that shit. I actually okay. like. Yeah, yeah. What am I at? Okay. Uh, well, I'm gonna take thirty okay. damage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yeah. I'm just gonna take thirty and not lose anything. Yeah. How about that? I'm dead. Cool. All right. <laughs> It's it's one of those cards that kind of ends the game, but people don't realize it. Yeah. Like it just takes time, and they're like, "Oh, you're just so much further ahead than all of yeah. us." I, I definitely agree. I'm uh, I'm gonna go with a card that has a similar effect in the same color, with painful quandary, and that's a two black three colorless enchantment. And whenever an opponent casts a spell, they either have to discard a card or lose five life oh it gets brutal in it's, the beginning it, you're always like oh yeah I'll, I'll i'll take the five life and then that after a couple spells you can't really take much more and it's like well now every time i cast something not only am i casting something to get rid of you know a card's leaving my hand but now i'm also losing a card it's a two for one kind of type type mm-hmm. thing Ugh. That's brutal. Yeah, it, it builds up. And it, and even if somebody's like, well, I don't want to lose the life right away, or if you cast it later in the game and everybody's, you know, if everybody's down around 20 or lower, they're just discarding cards. And mm. then at the end, they're just like, well, this isn't worth casting. So I'm going to just hold it so that hopefully I can cast the next spell. Yeah. So it's, it's a card that I really, it's, the name is appropriate. Yeah. It is a painful quandary. Yeah. You do play with that one quite a bit. Uh, all right. My next one is uh, one of our most hated cards, uh, but it's Vorinclex Voice of Hunger. Now, the reason I like this card, I hate when anybody else casts it, but this is the reason <laughs> why I like this card. When you cast it, the table turns and goes, all right, how the fuck do we kill this before it comes back to that person and they have endless double double mana but endless amounts of mana and we're all screwed with our stuff staying tapped so you're you're seeing the table work together to try to get rid of it and somebody's taking a big hit or you know they're like all right well i guess i gotta tap out to kill this and then you guys gotta promise not to kill me there's just so many deals that end up happening um so i always like when this gets cast not when it's against me but it's fun to see how the table (laughs) works together I think I think an interesting aspect of this card is it is a little bit of a time walk. Like you're you're taking extra turns, right? Mm. They're they're going. This isn't worth casting, so I'm going to pass my turn unless they have removal, mm-hmm. right? Like it's not worth playing a utility creature into a Vorinclex unless they're absolutely desperate. Yeah, because you're not untapping next turn, and then so people are going it's not worth me doing anything. And then what it does for you is it boosts you even further ahead with that, that uh, doubling mana effect, which is, so it's, it's just like, maybe it's like a turn and a half a little bit. So I, I think the card is, you know, everybody likes the card. So yeah. fuck you. Except for the people so. getting it played against him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. You're number two. Uh, so I'm going to go with, are we going in order? Oh, no, I didn't do my favorite. Yeah. Okay. I just was going through it. I'm not either. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with Reconnaissance. Again, yeah. I feel like I talk about this card a lot. No. Yeah. Have you heard that fun. I'm building my house? 
<laughs> I don't talk it. about it that much. But it's my my new newish locust god of the last year, I yeah. would say. That's a, it's but, a solid card, man. You got me on board with it. It just allows you to be super aggressive, and at the end, you untap. It protects your creatures. Uh, you can get attack triggers still out of it. Uh, it just does so much for one mana, mm-hmm. and um, even even if you got one person thinking, they'll forget about your reconnaissance, and they're like, "Okay, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna block, 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 and I'm gonna do this." And I'm like, "Well, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna remove it," and you wasted whatever ability thing that you're doing. I've done that before. Um, yeah. <laughs> like shit. And so it, yeah, it, it, and, and some of the times it depends on where in the game it is, you know, if it's early, I'm just like, don't think about it like too hard. I'm just going to remove it. Da, 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 da. Mm. But if it's late game and you're trying to make some moves, you just let that person think it out. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, let them spend 15 minutes planning this. Okay. Along. How, do, okay. how do I do this? Yeah, all right. Okay. If I mm. carry the one and, <laughs> All right, this is my attack. Okay, well, that's removed from attack. Fuck, you know I spent 15 minutes figuring this shit out, Larry. <laughs> well, this is that same shit that, like... Never mind. Go ahead. That what? What? I don't want to steal one of your cards. Oh, no, good job. Well, See, I'm, I stopped myself. It only took me a year. <laughs> uh, which one are you wanting me to... Is it my red one, my white one, or my colorless one that you wanted to talk about? The, the white one. Okay. Okay, so my next one is Teferi's Protection. Is that what, okay? Is that what you want to <laughs> yeah, talk yeah, about? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Teferi's Protection. It's just fun. It's kind of what you were just saying there. That's exactly what you're going to bring up. Is you have people planning out their attacks, and sometimes it's game winning and doing all this, and then all right, you're done with that attack. You're done with whatever you're casting. Whatever. You just you're confirm like, it. And they're like, oh fuck. What, what are you going to do? Gonna t- and it's like, well, to free protection, I'm no longer here. Yep. <laughs> Fuck you guys. I do not exist. And it's, it's just a fun card to when shit's going down. And the thing is the thing about to protection, especially with commander. And I have a problem with this is you got to know when to cast that thing. Don't cast it early. Like sometimes you're just like, well, I don't want to lose one thing. I'm casting it. So I'm out of it, man. If you do it to late game, is a game winner in a way it's just yeah it just throws everything so off because they're on tap or they're fully tapped out trying, trying to win to the game, win the game or game, whatever yeah. and you don't lose anything you don't lose life you're like a, taking just a huge advantage yeah so, so just the timing of that sometimes you just got to let things get killed even though if it's part of your plan unless it's part of your plan that you're going to win then yeah teferi's protection but Sometimes you just let it happen, but that, that that's the timing you got to get with the Furious Protection. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three for you, Lowry. Uh, so this is actually, I think it's a similar f- feeling of Vorinclex, which would be a Gisela Blade of Gold Knight. Ugh, that's yeah. the, the red-white one that yeah. it doubles all damage to opponents and halves it to you and your things. Like That comes down, and again, it, everybody goes, shit okay we gotta we gotta deal with this um because it, like they end up not wanting to attack each other because all of their creatures are just gonna die yeah if they can get it through they attack and they're like boom we're gonna get you but what it, what it ends up being is like the only the best player on the uh, for your opponents are like that against the Gisela is your one one weenie guy because 
that damage isn't halved. You still do the one, but you still got to get through a Gisela and whatever else is on the board. Well, and so, sometimes you do see people go, oh, okay, well, now I'm going to kill that person, <laughs> you know, take advantage yes. of it before they they just make sure they have a blocker for Gisela. But, yeah, that's that's brutal when that gets played. I know every time – you're, you're right, it's like Vorn Clicks. When it comes out, it's like how – do we either kill that player or kill that creature? Cause yeah. Yeah. And killing that player becomes really difficult because everything's, everything's half. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, the card is just, I, I really enjoy it when people like you play something and they're like, oh, fuck. fuck. <laughs> so that I, I enjoy that aspect. The what is it? The, uh, kill him token. What? Becoming the arch enemy. Oh, arch enemy. Really yeah, kill him yeah. token, arch enemy. That's when the kill him token comes out. Yeah. Kill him. We, we do it really quick. Like, we're like turn three. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you played a soul ring. Up, oh, kill him. <laughs> kill him. <laughs> uh, all right. My uh, number four is Blood Moon. It's one that I've been playing mm-hmm. a little bit more because I've made uh, a couple red decks lately. Uh, and I didn't play it before that, but it's fun to see how it screws people. Like, people might not see it right <laughs> away. There's a lot of people like, oh, that doesn't bother me that much. And then as turns go on, they're like, well, fuck, I can't use this. And fuck, I can't do that. Like, it just, it Mm -hmm. ends up screwing people over. Uh, So you always have that player right away that's just completely screwed because they're just (laughs) all non-basics and not playing red. And it's just like, well, this sucks. And then Mm -hmm. you have the players that are what I was saying before is, Oh no, that's not so bad. And then as the turns go on, it affects everybody. Like I don't think any time I played that, that one person was like, eh, "I'm happy with that." It never, it yeah. was never bad. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the big thing. Like nobody's ever like, "That's awesome for me." Yeah. That really, that that totally worked out, right? <laughs> like, and so yeah, I, I totally agree that like it just becomes so one sided, and it's like really cheap mana affected and. And people don't get mad about it though either, like you were mentioning, because it's not destroying their land. Right. Like they're still around. They kind of got a shot. Um, you just normally get... what 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 I do is just like take a big hunk of my land and move it over to the, <laughs> the other side and like flip it over. I'm like these are fucking mountains, and then I have like maybe one a piece mm. of each other color of mana if I'm lucky. You do get, um, as a person casting it, you do get uh, called a fucker a lot is what I end up realizing. <laughs> or, God damn yeah. it, Adam, you fucker. Kind of those words happen a lot. That sounds like Trombley. Yeah. Right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it right there. <laughs> All right, Larry, number four for you. Uh, I'm going to go with Seedborn Muse. That is a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Do I got to go beyond it? No. Like normally, normally <laughs> I like, that, I like going. It. It's good. It's good. It's probably like potentially bannable. Yeah. Potentially. Like it's, there's definitely cards that are on the ban list that are better than it, but similar. It's, it's just such a good card. Like I love it in like Kenrith deck where you're untapping and being able to use all those abilities again and then untapping and doing it again. Like and going back, it's almost like taking extra turns in green, right? Yeah, for you sure. use it right. Or you put it in your morph deck and you can um, morph cards, whatever you need to do. And then the next turn, all your land untaps and you can do it again. Cause morphs a little over right? Um, for flipping, but 
when when you're able to just kind of do what you need to do when you land on taps it's it's just such a good card gives gives your creatures that you attacked with pseudo vigilance like they all untap um you're able to use activate activated abilities multiple times before it's back to your turn it just enables so many things to be able to do that when it's in that style of deck i mean it's good in every deck let's be honest but when when you're taking advantage of what it does more it it just really puts you so far ahead i really enjoy that i I like playing on other people's turns yeah it's it i don't think we had it in there but it's totally a uh kill him card like kill that as soon as possible because they're getting a huge advantage as soon as they say go but it isn't that threatening is the part that ends up happening is people don't necessarily kill it right away because it's like well they're not like hurting me, but you don't realize how much of the advantage that they're getting when they have seed yeah. born out. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, number f- the last one for me that I love casting and having this thing go through, especially a few turns, is Tefiri's Puzzle Box because it's just the look on everybody's face is like when you cast it, it's like they look at their hand and go, "Well, this is fucking useless. <laughs> what the fuck am I going to do with this now?" And just every turn, they draw the new cards and like, oh, man, I love all these cards. Oh, man, these aren't going to be here next turn. I got to figure out what I got to get rid of right now because I need this one. Yeah. So that's one of my favorite cards to play because it just it's hard. It's total chaos because people aren't they can't plan for their next turn. It's like, uh, all right, I guess it slows the game down like crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Because everybody's like, okay, Bennett, draw the three or four cards. And they're like, okay, how many damage did I take from Nekasar? Yeah, I was just about to say, in a Nekasar deck, this thing is gold. (laughs) Yeah, this this is a perfect, it's a good card. Because people go, oh, this is awesome. Damn it, I can't cast it. Um, So, yeah, it's it's a funny one. Or you get the uh, people that when it's their turn, they untap. And they're like, all right, I got instants in my hand. Uh, I need to get rid of these before I go and draw <laughs> this, you know? So it's, I don't know. So it's a, it's one of my faves. All right. Your last one, Lau. Uh, I'm going to go with spell skite. Yeah. That was so close to making mine too. It, it's just like a, okay. So I can't target your stuff. So I'm just going to get rid of this as soon as I can. Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> go, go ahead. Yeah. It's, it's like just a piece of junk that is amazing. Yeah. Right. And people will just use whatever removal they have on it, and you're like, "Yeah, okay." I'm like, it's it's just it's saving your it, other stuff. Yeah, it, it absolutely feels like because because the other thing is, if they don't get rid of it right away, they'll forget about it. It's mm-hmm. one of those forget about things, and they're like, "Okay, you know what? I need to kill your commander." And you're like, "Well, I'm, I'm going to pay two life, and we're going to destroy my spell skite." like fuck uh, yeah that that's a really great feeling too where they kind of like screw up and forget about it so really in our play group and other people that i've seen they go okay we who's getting rid of spell skype can you can you let's do this right now so we don't forget about it yeah and and that's again another thing like people are turning to you going what the fuck are you doing with spell skype that's we're playing a game here we're trying to interact <laughs> And you're just, you know, because it even works when they're like, okay, we're going to blow up your, your big rock, you know, like, or, or, you know, a really valuable, uh, Vidalcan orrery. They're like, I'm getting rid of your artifact. You're like, well, 
get rid of Spellskite. Yeah. Oh, I played Sun Titan, brought it back, or Phyrexian Reclamation, or you know, just it's super cheap, versatile, uh, colorless. It blocks. It has you know, it's an O four. Like it just does so much early game mm-hmm. in Commander or late game. Like it just it just does a ton of cards, and I just love the the interaction with something that looks like nothing and everybody goes okay what are we going to do we're going to like it, it's not Vorinclex. it's not just Sela, but they're still like how the fuck do we get rid of this thing right i i actually prefer this card more than using like um uh not swift boots the am i am brain farting lightning greaves yeah lightning greaves i i, I like seeing this because of its it has the two drop for an O four, like you're saying, it actually has a, a blocking ability with it, and I, like you said, the surprise factor of it. You know, it's like mm-hmm. trying to target your stuff. People forget about it if they let it go through. Uh, you don't have to really tap mana for it. You just use life to change it, so you can be all tapped out. Um, it's just, it's a brutal card, and so much so that you played it so much and fucked with us so much and cheated with it uh, that I had Excellent. to go out and get one. <laughs> <laughs> no wasn't it a we were wrong segment it was i think it was our first one yeah was it number two pointed out it was hey number two i remember it <laughs> uh yeah no so it's i think that's a really good point like having it instead of lightning greaves like the haste is really nice for greaves but yeah being able to because the other kind of cool thing is like if you're trying to equip or put an order on one of your creatures and somebody's like spot removal you're like well i'm gonna pay the blue or two life and bring it over to spell skite and then it doesn't wreck you know it doesn't completely end that turn for you and it's not like a two for one mm-hmm. that way as well that's a good so point i didn't even think of it that way that's that's a good idea so it it, it it was a, re- a big reason why it became like a $20 card back during like modern and there was Splinter Twin and it was a sideboard card against Splinter Twin. So people would just play that as a four of and when somebody went to play their Splinter Twin on a Pestermite or the other thing, they'd go to life and Splinter Twin would come over to Spellskite. Ah. And so they couldn't do that. They would, okay, we got to get rid of Spellskite before I play my Splinter Twin to win the game. So um, it's kind of a nice little... Uh, it's a sideboard card when twin was legal, which is not, uh, but it's still a great protection card. And right now it's not, it's at a low for price wise. And yeah, what is it right now? Seven bucks. That's not bad at all. I mean, this yeah, card, right. and what do we have? It was printed in modern masters. 2015 was the last time it was printed. That's kind of yeah, crazy. So new Phyrexia and then Modern Masters there, and that was about it. I think there's a promo version of it as yeah. well. Promo Judge for twenty five bucks. I don't know if I like that arch of that. So oh, that's a foil one, but yeah, I mean they're relatively they're on they're really low for what I would think they would be for a card that's the last time printed was five years ago. And like you said, at one point it did reach thirty-five bucks. Didn't stay there very long, but it dropped down to twenty after about what is that? A year, and that's just been slowly going down. It looks like maybe an upswing now. It was down to six bucks at one point. Now we're up to seven. So I mean, this is a card that has to be in your toolbox because if you're playing a blue deck, it just goes in there. Like this could have went into the Azuri deck, right? Oh yeah. 
I that was one of the cards I thought about putting in there, but I didn't. Cool story. So. Um, okay, really quick, we do we even want to mention the magical news? Yeah, let's let's do it. Magical news. Uh, they already started spoilers this week. Of course, at twenty twenty one. Yeah, so we're not going to go dive deep into it, but we just want to talk about some of the reprints, and we're going to do more of a um, in depth analysis. Yeah, at a later date, but some of the crazy stuff they reprinted. Well, you got Bane Slayer, Angel, but Grim Tutor is a interesting reprint. Yeah. It's not the I'm, I'm surprised that came out. It's not the greatest tutor. It's a good one that you can put it into your hand and you know, three you put it into your hand, you lose three life. But the only reason why this card's expensive is because it was in portal. So it really just wasn't printed anywhere else. Um, yeah. so that's at a mythic spot. Then we also got Ugin, big Ugin again, which is pretty sweet. Uh what yeah, other that, I was very surprised with that as well. It looks like we have and just kind of like a little spoiler. Looks like dogs and cats are making an uh, appearance in this. <laughs> and they did a rata hound to dogs. Yeah. So if you have any hounds. It didn't intrigue me enough to like go after specs for it, you know, like. For sure not. It was, it's not like ninjas when that, when we had uh, Eureka come out, we went after, went after ninjas and stuff. This is like, really? I don't know. It's a good commander. Decent command. Eh, it's pretty good. Is it? It's pretty good. It'd be if, if there was more support, um, I think it'd be good. But but yeah, we'll go in depth a little bit more later. There's a new Liliana. Um, we have a Got new Azusa. Yeah. Aspa Seeking reprint. Oh, yeah. Good point. Forgot about that. And we also have a new Tefiri, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, uh, I agree. A new planeswalker in general. What is his name? Bar Basri. Basri. Looking at it. Looking at the sweet Basri. Sweet, sweet promos. Yeah, it's weird. They have so oh, then you, containment containment priest is getting a reprint, which is going to be crazy because that enters into modern and pioneer. Yeah. So. So yeah, this will be interesting. I don't know. Is this? It might make me want to buy into a core set because we don't normally buy those as boxes, but I don't know. I, I think there's enough here for me to want to buy a box, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's coming out pretty quick. Yeah, and we just it, got <laughs> Ikoria. It's kind of crazy. And I haven't bought any Ikoria yet, so singles for Lowry again, I guess. <laughs> Whoopee. So, but, but right now, I think... Like money wise, oh, we didn't even talk about the rule change for companion. Oh, that's a good point. And the rule change for commander and today. Commander, so let's do yeah. companion first right now. Okay. So companion change to which really doesn't matter because it well, you know it does. It fits it goes for our format too. Yep. It can be your companion, same as it was. Uh, but like at sorcery speed on your turn, you can tap three colorless and bring it into your hand. And then you and, can cast the card. Yeah. So, so I mean, I think it, it really neutered it in a yeah. lot of different places, but 
Still makes it so you, it, there's no downside to using it besides its stipulations on what the companion does, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, like, probably just want to run four on a deck, I guess. Well, I don't but know. I'm talking about commander-wise. Yeah, yeah. You run four in your deck, then you're just a cheater. <laughs> you're right. Uh, and then what was the uh, commander change? Oh, yeah. So commanders entering into your command zone from play. Or if exiled. they die or are exiled, they will trigger those things. So if it has a dies trigger like Glenn Aland Rose or Omnath Locus of Rage, when those they state, let's go with Omnath, whenever an elemental creature you control dies, you get to three deal three damage. So if Omnath is in a normal, you know, 60 card, whatever, and that dies, it's going to deal three damage. In Commander, what it used to do was it's going to the command zone, so, so it, it does, does not trigger nothing. in the graveyard. Yeah. Now it will trigger because it was supposed to go there, but now it's it's still going to your command zone. I like so that. I think change. that's a, and that's that's one of them that I think we discussed when Morrow had the you oh know, yeah that, that big list. Yeah, that big list. It was like that would that feels like how it should be. So I'm glad that they made this change. Mm-hmm. So. so that that would be that sweet well lowry we did uh pretty good there we're just over an hour hour and 10 minutes look at us we're good ish <laughs> so next week uh i don't we might be delayed it just depends i am heading to florida like i said and won't be back hoping to get back by saturday if things are delayed uh so possibly next week might be a little bit later might be on a tuesday but we'll see we'll try to hit that monday if we can so all right well that should do it for this week uh we will catch you guys next week thanks for listening see ya bye see ya